Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for preachers. I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. We are excited in a couple of weeks to bring you our Great Dane episode with Justin Reed. But for now, we're just handing over a couple little mini episodes. We'd like to think of them as teacup poodles. Adorable, and yet with more of a purpose. No, sorry, we have people who like teacup poodles, probably. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Tim, you've got this week and we're dealing with Proverbs 8. What have you got for us? Yeah, this is a classic chapter in the book of Proverbs. And here we have uh, wisdom itself is personified as a woman with a message. And so we're going to dig into that today. This, this woman in, in Proverbs 8 is kind of a prophet, ready to help you know what God's all about. Uh, there are Hebrew words for speech all over the first section. There's kara, calling out. Letat kol, raising her voice. Ranan, raising a joyful cry. And she's everywhere. She's up in the heights. She's uh, where places of worship are found. She's on the paths, at the crossroads, at the entrance to the city gates, and really all important gathering points. So you don't have to search out this woman wisdom. You just need to pay attention to her. Hmm. Which is why it's such a shame that the lectionary makes that jump after verse 4 all the way to 22. If you pay attention to what comes after verse 4, 5, 6, and 7, and so on, that's the content of what she's crying out. So, really, we should be listening to that too, and including as much of it as time will allow in our sermon. In in verse 5, she calls humans pataim, simpletons, and kasilim, fools. Hmm. This is not exactly polite speech from woman wisdom. This is the kind of language that prophets use when they want to get your attention and snap you out of an ignorant stupor. Verse 6 is about the practical nature of wisdom. It's not about sort of this esoteric knowledge and these ideas that are way beyond our grasp. The NRSV says that uh, she speaks noble things and she speaks about what is right But really, the the Hebrew is quite a bit plainer than that. It says that woman wisdom speaks negidim, which are the things that are sort of like right in front of your face. Hmm. And what comes out of her mouth is mesharim, uh, which is like straightforwardness. Verses 7 through 9 reinforce this theme of the goodness and the just down-to-earth practicality of what wisdom has to offer. And then verses 10 through 11, they go back to the the value of this wisdom. Wisdom is more beautiful than pearls, it says, which is kind of a play on the dual meaning of goodness and beauty in the Hebrew word tovah. And no object of delight compares with her. That's the theme that sounds again in the big section that starts uh, in verse 22 about sort of the origins of woman wisdom. But again, we have a a little bit of a linguistic puzzle in this section as well. Uh, Verse 22 in the NRSV says, The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of long ago. This sort of makes wisdom like the first created thing, which, I mean, really, that is a possible translation of that. But I think it misses some of the Book of Proverbs specific resonances Mm -hmm. there. I might translate that verse, uh, 
Adonai got me at the beginning of God's path, before God's deeds of old. And that, that word got me, kanani, is, is from the, the Hebrew root kana, which we usually translate got or acquired or purchased. It usually doesn't mean created, although it could have that resonance. But I think here, sort of acquiring or getting makes more sense, and it fits with the way that wisdom has been talked about in earlier chapters in Proverbs. If, if you take a quick look at Proverbs 4, verses 5 to 7, this is the, uh, the advice that, that the father gives to a son, saying, get wisdom, and it's that same word, mm. kana. Kane chokhmah, get wisdom, get insight. Don't forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, wisdom that is, and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. <laughs> and whatever else you get, get insight. So the, the point there and here in Proverbs 8 is that wisdom is something like uber valuable to get. Even God prioritized getting wisdom before creating anything. Also in verse 22, it says, uh, and here I should actually read it in Hebrew, where it says in Hebrew, Adonai knani reshit darko. The works that it's talking about God doing there first, it actually says his path. In Proverbs, everyone has a path. <laughs> it's all about walking the path. Even God has a path. And since God got wisdom at the very start of God's own path before making anything, that means that wisdom accompanied God in the creation of everything. Mm. Wisdom sort of baked into the whole of creation. And, and so this is setting up that mode of wisdom in Proverbs, which is all about developing reverence for God by observing the created order. And then finally, uh, in this section for the lectionary reading, in uh, verses 30 to 31, wisdom is joyful. So in 30, it talks about wisdom saying, yom yom et. So wisdom is joyful. It's about delight. And the other word, mesachechet, is it's playful. It's, it's about playing. Wisdom is, is hanging out with God at creation, delighting and playing. This is part of the, the author of these Proverbs saying that wisdom is, is really a key to joy and to happiness. Mm-hmm. So we, we read this uh, in the Christian lectionary on Trinity Sunday. So the question always comes up, who is this woman wisdom? <laughs> maybe it's sort of Jesus before Jesus was Jesus. Or maybe it's the Holy Spirit, uh, another sort of personified force alongside God at creation. And, you know, if you want to go there, I'm not going to stop you. But I just want you to remember that this is poetry. It's not a doctrinal treatise about the Trinity. And so I tend to read this first sort of on its own terms and take this personified wisdom as a poetic device more than anything else. 
So the point really isn't so much about speculation about the identity, the sort of mysterious identity of woman wisdom, as it is to emphasize just how valuable she is and worth getting at all costs. Hmm. So let me give a word about preaching this text. This is a great poem, and the personification of wisdom as a woman prophet, it just works. I just think it's great. So, so really, my preaching angle recommendation would simply be to not try to deconstruct this metaphor so much and sort of explain it away. Instead, just use that personification and run with it. Where do you and your church people encounter woman wisdom every day? If you met up with woman wisdom at your local coffee shop, what would you talk about? And what would she tell you? If anything, this part of Proverbs is making the case that wisdom is anything but boring. So hmm. don't make it boring. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun in your sermon. Play with wisdom, just as wisdom played at creation. And I bet good will come from it. That's great, Tim. I, I, I wish that I had a setting right now where I could go and preach that sermon because it does sound like just a fun sermon to preach. Thanks for that. You bet. This is where we remind you that if you're interested in past episodes or books from our special guests, head on over to our website, firstreadingpodcast.com. And also, if you liked what you heard today and you'd like to stay up on our new episodes, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Great. Until next week, I'm Tim McMinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy preaching. That sounds like I said, until next week, I'm Tim McNinch. Uh, After that, who knows who I'll be. <laughs> <laughs>